0: coming up the brooklyn nets give the much depleted milwaukee bucks a leg up by benching all of their starters (laughs) we talk about extended minutes for Jalen wilson noah Clowney, and ask the big question should dennis smith jr be getting a much bigger role we dive in coming up next you are locked on nets your daily brooklyn nets podcast
1: part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Yes, sir. It is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you'll find Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Marbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all of those great platforms. And let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Picks, The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to PrizePicks.com slash NBA and use promo code, all lowercase, Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And Doug... They say the Milwaukee Bucks are a championship contender, but it certainly took them a while to get to that 144-122 victory over the Brooklyn Nets who benched essentially everybody.
1: Yeah, look, Nets took the schedule loss tonight, clearly. Uh, they basically punted it from the get-go when they decided to say it's Spencer Dimwitty and Nick Laxton and Doreen Finney-Smith. and uh, was, that, was that the three of them? Yeah. and And then basically go on to effectively sit Mikhail Bridges, uh, Cam Thomas, Royce O'Neal, and to some degree Darren Sh- Daron Sharp as the game moves on. And you could just see the writing on the wall with this one. They didn't, you know, after beating Detroit, which is probably akin to the Nets championship by just not making <laughs> making sure that they didn't stop the Detroit losing streak. You know, mission accomplished. Now it's time to rest. And they go into this game and get these guys who have, you know, admittedly have played a lot of minutes, a lot of these guys. Oh, Cam Johnson sat again. Also, um, and admittedly have played a lot of of minutes, but they decided that said, looked at this one and just said, this is not the game. We're going (laughs) to, we're not going to go for it. This this is not the hill we die on. (laughs) It happens every once in a while in the NBA. The NBA has tried to curb this. In general, it's worked. It still is not complete. And every once in a while, you will get games like this. The NBA has told teams that if you're going to do this, you do it in front of your fans, not someone else's fans. And so that's why it happens here at Barclays. But they take the schedule loss. That being said, this team put up in a massive fight with guys that we really haven't seen a ton of. And I think there's a ton of positives to take away from this game, even though, you know, predictably, it was a loss.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk about, obviously, we said this before about between our starters versus other teams, starters versus bench units, the, the gap between talent at the NBA level is not as wide as it can sometimes appear. And it's why, even though this game ends up being a 22 point loss. It was 32-31 a- after the first quarter. The Nets only yep. lost the second quarter by six points, only lost the third quarter by one point. This is just a matter of coming down to when you can accomplish, I think as you mentioned over on Twitter, you force Giannis to come back in the game in the fourth quarter. You've done your job. Like You did not allow the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks to fully bench some of their starters because once you come into a game like this, if you're in Milwaukee and you look across and you see, okay, they're only starting two of their starters and those guys are going to get out of here pretty quickly and then we're going to be getting into the rookies and getting into G League guys that got the call up here, we should be able to get ourselves a little bit of a night off. And that wasn't afforded. Uh, you know, And honestly, if you could have just told me that the Brooklyn Nets shot a little bit better from three-point territory, I think this game could have had a little more energy to it. For the most part, it just felt like watching some really great individual performances, seeing some of the chemistry from guys that have played together in the G League, and knowing that at some point it was just going to be too much to try to overcome Giannis and, and the Milwaukee Bucks and what they're able to do. Bobby Portis, of all people, actually was one of the problems tonight as well.
1: Yeah, of course. Like again, this it comes up every once in a while, and we've been clamoring to see some of the, the young guys. It doesn't really, it it doesn't hasn't really shaken out in any way for us to be able to see Clowney, to be able to see Dariq Whitehead, uh, Jalen Wilson's got a couple cups of coffee here, but not really. So it, you know, I if you're trying to take a positive away from it, it's like we got, we got extended minutes from some of these guys who clearly I think have some NBA futures, right? I yeah, think that yeah. probably wasn't in doubt, but and we're gonna talk a little bit more about those guys the one guy though that did play extended minutes here and did start the game which we probably just want to have to jump off with is Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. gets to start a point guard looks like he's absolutely shot out of a cannon he's been when he's been able to stay healthy has been one of the best players of the Nets of the season coming off the bench he's been a complete and utter spark plug um, In just sort of like one of the main reasons that the bench unit when you know, if you overlook over the course of the season, the bench unit has been able to just really outperform other teams' bench units and keep them in games. It's really we've talked about this many times as being one of the just keys to the whole season. He gets a lot of minutes here, and we probably and I, you know, he finishes with 14 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, two absolute poster dunks, ran the pick and roll with Daron Sharp. All the energy was there, complete two-way player. I do wonder if it's time to start asking questions about like his role and whether. Like should he just start? <laughs> like I'll just I'll just say it right out. Should we've been we've been talking about ways to shift this starting lineup around, mm-hmm. trying to figure out like sort of like, and it none of it feels good, right? Like it never feels, it doesn't none of it feels good. It's like well take this guy out and put this guy here, and and it hasn't felt good. I am wondering though, if the way to keep t- uh, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Thomas in the starting lineup, if you feel that they're two of your three best players or whatever, is to start Dennis Smith Jr. over Spencer Dinwiddie and make him a defensive anchor. He can run the pick and roll the energy levels there. I don't know. I, th- what do you think when we, when we say that, because I had never really thought too hard about that until tonight.
0: Yeah. 30 minutes from him, seven to 17, seven rebounds, eight assists, eight assists. I repeat again here, 14 points. And then, you know, you need that. If you're going to replace him in the starting lineup over, say a Spencer dimity, I, I honestly, probably if, if If I was in the coach's room, I'd be saying the only thing that maybe holds us back from being at least open to this discussion is that Dennis Smith Jr. has a hard time staying healthy, right? Like that's probably the biggest concern that you would have. Now you could say, make the switch. And when he gets hurt, you know, that Spencer Dinwiddie's ready to step in and take on that role. We've seen that the current five man rotation has not been successful. And if you believe, as we saw tonight, by the way, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Thomas started. And guess what? Some people were saying. You know, the idea of not playing Cam Thomas extended minutes tonight is egregious. I think it's great because it symbolizes that they view him as one of the key starting players on this team. And he does not get run out in a game like this. He gets to rest. He gets to be healthy for the next game coming back. So if you told me that taking a shot on Dennis Smith Jr. And seeing if that changes the key problem here, maybe with this current five, not having enough defensive minded player to make up for what Cam Thomas doesn't have on the defensive end. Yeah, why not? I think at a minimum, you need to be in experiment mode here. As we've said before, this might actually have been tonight, a game where you say there's another option here because you and I have rattled around basically a couple, right? D- Dorian Finney-Smith in the starting lineup, Cam Thomas out. Cam Johnson, maybe take him out, but it doesn't seem symbolically like you would. This might be another viable option. You get smaller, but you should get better defensively and you don't really lose anything from an on-ball creator.
1: Yeah, and I think that like you know he's he doesn't fit the classification of these other young guys that came in and played uh, you know the Jalen Wilsons and the Noah Clownies and the Dre Whiteheads that we you know finally getting to see extended <laughs> run seven years Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> and and by the way over the course of the season he's you know plus 6.1 uh, net rating on the yep. year right which is basically third among guys who've actually played minutes behind sharp and Watford. now again it's been it's been against you know other teams benches so there's like some context to some of this stuff always but i think what you saw from dennis Smith jr tonight is the clear like i do the, the, I, I really never want to take one game as a I was like, oh, this is what you should do. Like, for instance, I wouldn't like put Noah Clowney into the starting lineup or Jalen Wilson to the starting lineup because they played well. And I do want to talk about those guys. Yes. But with Dennis Smith Jr., I do I, I really just you know a final push on this one is that I do wonder if the questions we've been asking around like what the starting lineup problems are and just oh, but we've been limiting ourselves to like the only like these five like really six guys, right? And I wonder if that was a mistake. And I sometimes it takes seeing someone in a role where they're uh, where the you know it's all off and you can just, and he can just be free to just do what he wants to do or can do. Like sometimes you just need to see it like that. And I just, I wonder if this is the case. I, I, I'd be hard pressed to think they actually do it, but I'm actually starting to think that probably would be the solution.
0: And that's why coming up here in a second, we've talked before how big is the gap between the starters and the bench? It might be significantly closer than we realize. Also talk about those young players, Noah Clowney, Jalen Wilson getting extended run here as well. Before we do that, though, gotta remind you about our partners over at eBay Motors who have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week all season long. Whether you're prepping for that daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So, Doug, let's take a look at who Josh has picked out for us this week in eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week.
1: Yeah, a bunch of good ones from uh, the great Josh Lloyd. First of all, Dante Exum continues to start over, um, over in Dallas. The, it was unclear what they were going to do um, with like the backcourt stuff with Luca and who's gonna be able to play beside him. But Exum has carved out a starting role. Kyrie Irving, old friend, no timetable to return either. So this is probably going to be a lot of run for Dante Exum if he's still available in your leagues. It's like they're making a mistake. You got to go make sure you pick him up. Jaden Ivey sticking looks like he's going to stick in the uh, Detroit Pistons starting lineup. They continue to. Not win, but if he can get the run, uh, sort of like needed to get in there in the fantasy ranks, we've been able to see him fill it up, uh, time after time. Jalen Johnson back in the mix. If someone dropped him in your league because he was injured with the Hawks, he is fully back. So go and make sure you snap up Jalen Johnson. Also, just keep an eye on what's going to go on here with Denver. It looks like Aaron Gordon's going to miss some time after a vicious dog attack. Uh, that's left him with a bunch of stitches in the face and hand. So there's going to be some opportunity opening up there in Denver. As well, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it with e- eBay Guaranteed Fit. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, the price is your burden rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: All right, so as we continue the 144-122, it's a little shocking there to have to repeat that number at the end of this game. Uh lost to the Milwaukee Bucks at home. Obviously, all the starters effectively rested for the Brooklyn Nets. One thing before we get into, I want to start even with Jalen Wilson, just because I think I'm probably gonna deposit a a sentiment that you'll you'll push back on here. But the other thing I took away from tonight's game is as I said, we often talk about how the difference between the top of the roster and the bench or the bottom of this roster is not as far apart as it is with a lot of other teams around the NBA. Right, they don't have any elite number ones, no superstars, and yet they do have a lot of talented players from a depth perspective. Tonight, to me, was a little bit of a of an eye opening reminder. Dennis Smith Jr., you, Trendon Watford, right? Like you, and I'm going to talk about Jalen Wilson here in a second, but it was just like a reminder that the starters for Brooklyn. Are not necessarily substantially beyond some of these guys that could be coming in off the bench based on skill set and based on just the way some of them play off of one another as well. Do you agree on like on that sentiment? Especially when we talk about Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously, and moving some pieces around. Right. Well,
1: okay, so I'll expand on that by saying, yeah, I agree with you. It, the, the, it's not this massive gap, right? This isn't like a Bucks situation where it's like Giannis, Middleton, Lillard, Lopez, and then complete trash, right? right. Like basically, basically below them, but it also what it also should make games like this make you realize is like, hey, if the Nets start selling pieces at the deadline, because that's sort of where they are, like Dorian Finney Smith and the Royce O'Neills and the Denwiddies, the drop off yep. hopefully will not be you know, quite as steep, right? And if we can keep getting and developing, if they can run these parallel tracks where they're able to kind of shed some of these guys, these older veterans. And then start playing these other guys more minutes. Yeah, there are going to be some lumps here, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be this precipitous fall uh, in talent because I think we've seen guys like Wilson specifically. I mean, tonight, like he really he's he's been showing some stuff up until this point. Clowney, I haven't seen much of, but he looked better in tonight's game than he looked in the summer league. We can talk about him here in a second. So, like, I think that I think that's where they can take some initial solace. It's like the the talent gap is probably not that wide here. Right. Yeah. And I think that like that and we're starting to see that. And I'm glad that's why that's why you have to do it to kind of love games like this.
0: Oh, of course. I By the way, like, I, I you know, you want to get the matchup and see if the Nets can look good against one of the better teams in the league with all the starters. But the second that, you know, you're going to get these extended runs, it's a great opportunity to look at these different players. Jalen Wilson, to me, who's played in a handful of games already this year, this marked his what? Uh, two ninth, ninth, yeah, ninth game. I thought it was was eighth, ninth game for him, and it's the first one of real significance. He played seventeen minutes against Denver. He played eleven against Golden State, but this is thirty minutes, real action. He shot just five of thirteen from the field, so that wasn't great. Couldn't get the three ball to fall, and that's been a struggle for him so far. But eleven of eleven at the free throw line, and with two assists, ten rebounds, and twenty-one points to go along with uh, I said the two assists there, like. A double double for a player that is older, that came into the league old, that we said his floor is going to be higher than a lot of young rookies. The ceiling is probably capped. He just feels like he is built to be a bench glue kind of guy, can do a little bit of everything, has just enough size, and certainly uses his body and rebounds far more effectively than you would think just when you first see him step onto the court. I just, I like a lot about his game. And I'll make the case that even if the Nets didn't make significant trades at the deadline and really strip this thing down, I still think that there's a case to be made for him to start to have some type of growing, consistent bench role. I said this a couple of games ago. I, I think that he should be closer in the vein of like a trend in Watford than of a Harry Giles, right? Where it's like guys sitting on the back of the bench, never expect to see him. Understandably versus a guy that incrementally is getting opportunities. I think Wilson falls into that category for me.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, seven
0: offensive rebounds, seven of the 10 rebounds were offensive, right? Like this guy, that was the likes of
1: Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Like the fact he's able to get these things is, is insane in its own right and that's not a blip either because of the 10 rebounds he had going into this game four were offensive six were defensive. Like this guy is a really, really good offensive rebounder. It's one of the main reasons he got to the line 11 times, right? He just kept getting on the glass, kept getting fouled. Was able to get it to the rack? Yeah. The shooting was what it was, but I'm not, you're not so worried about that. I don't think like he's been, he showed that he's a good shooter, like up until this point. And the, we know that the free throw shooting is really, really good too. And that usually translates pretty much one-to-one. And so I think that for sure, We've seen this. Picked up a really hard defensive assignment. He had a lot of. He got a lot of Giannis in this one, and was able to sort of hold his own as much as you're able to hold your own against Giannis. Like that's, you know, that's always a little little caveat or a little asterisk next to that. But right. wasn't wasn't a dumpster fire. he wasn't a cone. Right? right. Wasn't a speed bump at all. Um, the body's filled out, which is really important, and that's to be expected when he comes in as an older draft pick. That you're going to get kind of like a realized version or mostly realized version of what the body's going to become. Yeah, no, for sure. Like he's the main, he's one of the main reasons you look at some of these other older wings and you're like, okay, they have something for a few years here. Right. Superstar. Probably not, but that's, that's fine. Like that's not what, you know, an end of the second round guy, right? Like this is exactly what you hope for with that pick. It's like high floor, low ceiling, all good. But, if he can do certain things that frankly, some wing guys just don't do like offensive rebounds. Like yep. sometimes with the offensive rebound, we said this about, about pods when he was in the draft class, right? When he was maybe looking like he was going to slip to the nets. And I was like, if you just average 14 rebounds a game in college, like you just don't know how to rebound. Like right. I, I'm, I'm sure it will probably translate some to the NBA. Like you, some, you get it, you get the angles. You understand the spacing. You understand, like, sort of where the ball is going to land. Like, whatever it's going to be, you sort of understand it. And I think we're seeing that Jalen Wilson, like, has that also and with some shooting touch and a little length and size and, like, sort of intelligence. Like, he doesn't really make a lot of just, like, mistakes. Yeah, they have something here for sure. He's he's the next up guy in the – after we get through the Dennis – should Dennis Smith Jr. start maybe – Like, should Jalen Wilson be playing more rotation minutes? Yeah. I think the answer is clearly yes. The Nets just have, like, when they're fully healthy, they have a lot of guys. That's the only problem, really.
0: Yeah, 100%. And maybe that does come down to the decisions that they make as we work our way toward the deadline. But when you see, for me, when you see young talent, we've said this before, and you know what the ceiling of your season is in terms of expectations, at some point you just say, well, then getting some younger run is really what matters here. Coming up in a second. Let's talk about another important young player, Noah Clowney, a guy that Doug and I were just not so sure when he would be NBA ready. He's not there fully yet, but tonight was a great example of how much growth we've probably seen from him from the G League and now getting a taste against one of the best teams in the league in the Bucs. We'll get into that in just one
1: second. All right, before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is Daily Fantasy made so easy. That's because Daily Fantasy, or excuse me, Prize Picks took the best parts of Daily Fantasy. And just gave it to you and remove the harder parts that, like, frankly, can be really annoying. So, first of all, all you're doing on prize picks is you're going more or less on the prize picks projections. That's points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. Taking out you – know, don't worry about salaries. Don't worry about sharks in the water. All that other stuff you have to deal with with some of these other operators. No. Over on prize picks is just their projections – in the sports that you love. So if you want to pick up to five basketball players, pick the more or less on whatever the stats I just said, go for it. Maybe you want to combine it with some NFL action. You can do that over at PrizePix. You can win up to 25 times your money on entries that take just a few minutes to put in. It's so simple to get started. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, that's prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA, first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy? All right, as we continue to
0: round out our episode here on the post game 144 122, Brooklyn Nets fall into the Milwaukee Bucks at home on a scheduled rest day for the bulk of the starters. Reminder for everybody on the live feed over on YouTube. Feel free at locked on nets to get your questions in. We'll stick around for a few minutes after we wrap up the show officially. But before we do that, we officially have to acknowledge that Sean Marks, who does some things good, does some things bad. One thing he seems to do pretty well. Is find these lengthy, four-ish, five-ish kind of model guys, Nicholas Claxton, Dayron Sharp, and now Noah Clowney. Now Noah Clowney, if Nicholas Claxton came in thin to the NBA, <laughs> Noah Clowney is the shadow of Nicholas Claxton being thin when he came into the NBA. But that said, he he's still, based on what we saw, watching him in the in the summer league, watching some of his college tape, understanding how young and how raw he is. He still came in and gave you 24 minutes, six and nine from the field, got to the line a couple of times, four rebounds, a couple of assists, and just ultimately did not look overwhelmed. Had some difficult matchups. Is obviously going to be outbodied in almost every single assignment that he gets. I think there's times when he looks a little bit scattered defensively, doesn't quite know where he needs to be, but there's the athleticism, the range, the recovery, right? All of those kind of elements are there. This felt like a really good game to see him get extended run just as a a little preview of where we think this kid can be a year down the road.
1: Yeah, for sure. Look, still, still super young, still only 19 years old. Um, it looked I thought bad at Summer League. And so I was yes. we really like a little concerned, like, okay, it looked a little overwhelming. Um, really just didn't show you any juice in summer league at all um knowing that this was going to be probably a longer term prospect some people that we really trust like really really you know thought he was you know maybe a top 15 guy in the draft like it, the, the the opinions on him were pretty wide ranging with the uh, long island Nets so far he's getting around 13 points a game right around yeah eight and a half rebounds the shooting really hasn't come around like it has to come around for him from three-point land it hasn't really yet um only 29 but I think we started to see at least the comfort level increasing, I thought, tonight. Like, he looked significantly more comfortable around the basket. There was no real jitters. He was able to finish at the hoop a couple times. We saw flashes of the defensive upside that he yep. basically has to have also. Like, he has to be a rangy, shot-blocking, like, definitely, like, a weak side shot-blocking big um to be able to really probably realize, like, overall the upside that is there. It's still a ways to go. But again, he's still only nineteen, so I, I, you're not worried about it. And like, we, I don't think we would make definitive statements off of anything one way or another. But getting 24 minutes against real NBA guys here, and like yeah. the best ones, frankly, like Giannis and Middleton, and, and Brook, and guys like this, to go six for nine from the field with the 14 points and to look mostly comfortable doing it is a really, really good sign. I would, th- of all the guys that I was concerned with about like feeling worried if it looked poor here he was in that range because, because I just thought with summer league, we just didn't see enough. And it's not like the G league numbers are popping off the page, like 12, 12 and eight at the G league for a first round draft pick is not very good. Right. And so it's, I'm not taking a dig at him. I'm just saying that like, these aren't like none of this is eye popping really. But if he, the more he can look comfortable, the more he can look comfortable with the size, the more you can see flashes of the athleticism. That's like a really, really good sign for him. And I thought this game kind of, broke almost perfectly for him in in that regard.
0: Yeah, got a nice little run from Dariq Whitehead as well. He looked like a guy who's been playing at the G League level. It's not like he hasn't been playing, but I, I want to just say still waiting for him to kind of fully cook himself a little bit there as well. But he had a couple of nice assists. The one thing, just as on a, on a high level, seeing all these guys that are playing at the G League together, you saw sequences offensively where you're like, oh, these guys have a rhythm, right? You know, penetrating the lane, drop off behind the back, pass to Noah Clowney for a clean flush. Like, there there were moments in this game where it was like, well, these guys know some sets, right? They, they pulled up some plays from the G League level so they know that they could have some success, which I think really matters if you're going to have a little bit of a game like this. The other, just quickly, that I would say, Two players or sorry, one other player I just wanted to highlight here, including Trenton Watford, who we talked about before. He's a young guy, he plays 28 minutes. We've we've kind of highlighted his on-ball ability that really matters to this team potentially going forward. Keon Johnson is not a guy we talk a ton about, but he's just 21 years old, too. Like I, I think that his shooting touch and his ball handling, again, just if we're talking about making difficult decisions, decisions about veterans, will they all be here after the deadline? It's like the Nets have depth on their bench at the NBA level, and they also have a whole bunch of young kind of depth pieces playing down at the G League. Armani Brooks had a bad shooting night, but we know he's capable of knocking down some shots. I was just, I, I this is such a, a silly thing to get like excited about, maybe in some ways, but I just love the fact that there's a lot of youth and reasonable talent level that the Nets were able to put on display tonight because it means it doesn't have to feel like the bottom really falls
1: out here if the organization makes some difficult decisions at the deadline. Yeah, like one of the bummers, honestly, about the last couple of years with the Nets is that like because of the path they've taken, they really haven't had that many draft picks, right? right? And this is like a team that when they've gotten the chance to draft guys, it's almost gone exclusively well, right? Like, yeah, also, like right, every, right. every single guy, I mean, these we I mean, were still holding out hope for some of these, these guys this last year, but almost every single guy that they dra- that drafted in the Sean Marks area and era, not all of them, but I mean, well beyond. I, I have to think, well beyond like what the just normal distribution here is. Have finished above their draft slot, right? Like they've yeah. and 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 some of this wasn't the guys they drafted; they just picked them up off the scrap heap. But through the Sean Marks era, they've just done an incredible job with guys either through the draft that they, the few guys they've done, or like got young guys that they picked that the other teams discarded. And it's almost a shame that they just didn't have a million bites at the apple like some of these other teams because you have to feel like if they had, this team would have developed like real superstars if they'd been able to get them within the pedigree of draft slot, like top 10 guys year after, for a few years, right? Right. Um, and they just, because every guy, like Cam, way above draft slot, right? Dayron getting getting close to being there already. Right. <laughs> um, Jalen Wilson, you have to feel like, I mean, he almost was not even drafted and it feels like, okay, we're probably getting close to that. Clowney and Derek, wait and see, but even going back years, like Levert, right? Like these guys, yeah. they just, they ended up j- Jared Allen, right? Like get guys that just were not super highly touted guys that they just were able to see something in that other teams aren't. And so, getting a few getting three picks this year i i just will go back to i'll go back to the track record on them that the track record has been good on guys they've drafted up until now and that's where you actually have to put your faith in that it's going to happen and so keon johnson doesn't qualify there because he's not a he's not a draft pick but um he's a guy that kind of has floated around to a few different teams but still super young looks real live <laughs> at Look times I mean. here it, yeah.
0: And, and by the way, like, so just to highlight, Lonnie Walker hasn't been playing, obviously. Now, he's going to be coming back, by the way, just as an update. He was dealing with the flu, so that kind of hurt his ramp up a little bit. He's a first round pick, 18th overall, going back to 2018. Dennis Smith Jr. was a first round pick, 9th overall, with Dallas going back to 2017. Keon Johnson, 2021, is a first round pick, 21st overall, by the New York Knicks. So, you know, there's a reason why these guys can come in and play and play good looking minutes. The, the pedigree is there. And to your point, Nets haven't been able to always draft those guys themselves, but they have been able to develop those type of players. So sometimes, yeah, other teams, because of how the hierarchy and they have superstars, they don't have as much room for some of these players. The Nets can be that haven to pull in some of these guys. And by the way, goes all the way back to what we talked about this past offseason, saying, take your shots. This is what the Nets need to do. Take a lot of looks at a lot of players that had that first round kind of pedigree and see if some of them bubble up to the top. And, And buddy, warningly, these guys have almost all kind of been hits here, you know, in
1: large part here, right? They did it. I mean, they did it. It's it's already done. Like they've already hit on enough guys. I would say just by just of how well DSJ has played, how well Lonnie Walker's played, like just those two guys alone in taking different bites of the apple, that alone is more than most teams can pull off right and so they've already they've already sort of done it that they have some juice on some of these young guys too like that's there I mean like Armani Brooks gonna get there probably not like Harry Giles clearly not like that they even in this game for Giles to play seven minutes or whatever like it's just it's not fans took
0: a bit of a hit tonight I'm gonna, I'm gonna level with you well you have to
1: wonder kind of why like
0: what's the point here
1: uh, like I that, that's my my question is it's not against Harry Giles it's like like legit what's the point if this is not gonna play more than seven minutes in this game like what are we like what are we doing here? That's probably a talk for another day. In general, though, to sum it up, I think yes, did they lose to the Bucks tonight? Yes. Do you do, do you hate, do you like to see an L on the thing when you think okay, well, go out there and play all your guys all the time and you know try to win every game? I'm here. If if you want to lo- lodge that complaint around around this game, I totally get it. That's a fa- that's a totally fair complaint. You only get 82 games in the year, play the guys and every one of them. Nets can't afford to lose. That's really shouldn't be in the game. Of taking schedule losses. Yeah. I'm I'm t- all here for that as a as a like a real complaint about it, especially at Barclays. People played this paid to see the players and this is a bummer. <laughs> except for that, Mrs. Lincoln, like how was the play? After that, <laughs> like <laughs> other af-
0: than that one sort of salary Except dough. for that one,
1: except for that one thing. Like, did you enjoy the play <laughs> at all? Like after <laughs> after I think, that. Honestly, and I think Mary Todd would honestly say yes. By and large, yeah, I did have course. a good time. Right. So after that, like, you know, where you're trying to extract because we definitely could have come in here and we're going to get out of here, but we could have come in here and just and nonstop complained about them, like, you know, just taking in the L and I and that probably would have been a fair critique. But I just I do think when we when you look at a high level of this, getting a chance to see some of these guys getting maybe a glimpse of other guys who could maybe just work their way into, into higher level roles, sometimes you do need these games. To be able to highlight some of that stuff. Okay, uh, we will hang out here at YouTube Live for a few minutes because we see a bunch of people in here. If you have a question, throw them up there. It's gonna be kind of a short one. Uh, and make sure you tune into tomorrow's podcast. We're gonna talk about the one scenario where we trade Mikhail Bridges. There's only one. There's only one. So don't worry. We're not advocating for the trade, but there is one scenario where we would do it. It means I make sure you are subscribed over on YouTube. Make sure you're also subscribed to wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Others live on the careless and lukewarm state, not appearing to fill Longfellow's measure. Into each life, some rain must fall. Why that is Mary Todd Lincoln.
1: Oh, one of the all-time great poets. R.I.P. We'll be back again tomorrow in a moment on YouTube (laughs) talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.